From Public Health Institute, welcome to the PHI CDC Global Health Podcast, a new podcast that highlights stories from the PHI CDC Global Health Fellowship Program, a U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention funded program implemented by the Public Health Institute. Our fellows are guided by CDC Global Health experts and work on the front lines of global health, developing the technical and professional skills needed to make meaningful contributions to today's global health challenges. I'm your host, Whitney Hall, the Program's Administration and Communication Specialist. Today, our guest is Grace Adofoli. Grace holds an MPH and MSW and is a project manager for Chickasaw Nation Industries. For two and a half years, Grace served as a program management fellow for CDC's Center for Global Health in the Overseas Operations Office in Atlanta, Georgia, and remains close with her CDC mentors. She discusses her time as a fellow, her passion for holistic public health and the African diaspora, and shares advice for other young professionals building their careers in public health. Well, welcome, Grace. I'm so excited to have you here today and just to learn more about what you're currently doing and also your time with the fellowship. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Whitney. What a pleasure to be on here. Um, I'm definitely excited to have this conversation with you as well. Great. Wonderful. Well, can you share a brief description of your personal and professional background for our listeners? I know that's a broad question, but um, just kind of highlighting your your career path a bit. My God, I mean, it's. I feel like I've, you know, I feel like as you get into your thirties, you kind of really start doing some of these deep reflections um, about kind of where you've come from and where you are. I mean, I think for me, so I'm a I'm a dual citizen. I was born in Ghana until I was twelve years old. Moved here when I was around twelve, eleven years old to the United States. And so I, I went through my, you know, my middle school education, my high school education, um, fully integrated myself into the American discourse and narrative, probably by the, you know, by high school, I would say. Um, and then went to University of Wisconsin, River Falls for my undergrad and got my two masters from the University of Michigan, whoop, whoop, to the Riverines out there. Um, and so I got my MSW and my MPH from, um, the University of Michigan. They liked me to express the D part of Michigan. Um, and okay. <laughs> so that's where I got my degrees from. But I'm um, kind of throughout my, my, my undergrad and my grad school experience, I was a McNair Scholar. Um, basically, McNair Scholar are kind of pruned. You have to be indicted. You, you are pruned to go get a PhD, right? So, you know, a lot of my heavy of my undergrad and kind of um, my experience there was around research. I was focusing on um, violence against women work and, and education around women um, and around the diaspora. And so I did a lot of work on that. Um, got to travel around the world doing some of that research work. Did some work at Cornell as a research assistant with Dr. Asia Lamumba. Um, and then I ended up obviously pursuing not a PhD because that was the hopes that my mentors wanted me to really do, pursue a PhD. I was actually scouting the ground to to do that, but I ended up with an MSW and MPH, and I'm so glad I did because throughout my 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 process there, I've done work from the nonprofit's perspective to now um, did my government experience, and now I'm back in the private sector, and so I've kind of had an array of experience. I feel like from a research perspective, from a private perspective, and from a government perspective. Oh, wow. Yeah, it sounds like you have, yeah, just so many perspectives that would add to your work and strengthen your your background. Um, Can you share your your current role, too, with the listeners? Absolutely. So right now, 
like so my official title is a program manager I'm a, I'm a project manager for Chickasaw Nation Industries um, Chickasaw is based their main headquarters is in Oklahoma but they do have headquarters in DC as well as in um, Atlanta and so they have you know over 25 for-profit organizations under them and so they are pretty large now um, I've said medium-sized large organization um, and they are also a consulting firm slash um, government contractor and I'm, and I'm on the consulting side so you know my role as a PM obviously I do the PM work but I also do the consultant work as well as well mm, okay great um, and what drew you to work in the public health field or global health uh, was working in this field you know, something you always had in mind or was your journey a little bit less direct than that you know I always <laughs> kind of laugh at this because mm-hmm. I feel like my journey was never conventional and I think sometimes you know we ingrain this in children that we, they have to have it figured out but you know I, ha- I had the honor and the privilege of having parents who kind of you know especially in 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 an in, 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 sometimes in an immigrant kind of African perspective, you know, parents want you to either become a doctor or a lawyer or engineer or whatever. But my parents kind of knew that wasn't going to be my path. I wasn't going to be go to medical school or whatever. Um, but I had a real passion for for human well being uh, holistically. Um, and so for me, public health, you know, that word public health. I think oftentimes people don't think about it. And now we know that because of the pandemic, and people use that word so often. But to be honest with you, undergrad, I wasn't thinking about public health. You know, I was, I got my undergrad in psychology and biology, so I wasn't looking at that. But as I kind of began to do my research and I, I had all these experiences, you know, I realized public health would be a good framework for me to tackle that holistic being, that holistic aspect of humanity. So be able to address their well-being health-wise, but also to address their well-being from a social work perspective. Um, to be able to look at them holistically. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think I knew I was going to go into this field um, originally, but I think as my, my, I mature in, in my understanding of, 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 of health and, and people, it made sense that that was the right field um, for that moment. Cool. Um, yeah, everyone knows what public health is now, for sure. They have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> they have to know. They have to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, why did you decide to apply for this fellowship? And I mean, it sounds like you could have gone a lot of different directions. So um, what influenced you to do that? And, wh- and why did you accept the fellowship as well? So this fellowship, you know, obviously before PHI had it, it was um, ASPPH had mm-hmm. it. And so, yeah, I mean, when, you know, when I applied, I applied to a variety of different jobs and, and programs and uh, to be honest with you I, I never thought I was gonna at that point didn't think I was gonna end up in Atlanta at that point um, and wasn't looking forward to going to ending up in Atlanta um, but when I applied the components of it seemed like it was the right fit you know the international aspect of things the global aspect of things and also the ability for me to potentially work on the African continent um, and to be able to kind of, you know, um, cross some of my passion um, for um, diaspora work, um, as we, you know, as well as kind of getting the quantitative and qualitative, qualitative experience. So it just seemed like it was the right thing to apply for at that time, you know, um, and I'm glad I did uh, because, you know, I didn't take the 
out of school. It was a full-time job. I say it is a full-time. Let's just get this clear. You know, you know, PHI is a full-time job. You, you are, it, but it's, 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 you know, obviously it's framed as a fellowship, but it's, it's a full-time job, but it wasn't the conventional, right. um, you know, full package, health package, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, job that people normally do right after grad school. And what was your fellowship experience like? So how long were you a fellow and um, what was it like to, you know, work with CDC employees as your mentors as well? Man, I, I think I probably, maybe every fellow has a different story, but I think I probably have some of, had some of the best um, experience, I would say, because some of those mentors have become like my second parents. Um, and, you know, my experience was, you know, the first year was, I don't think I was fully ground, grounded. I, I think the first year was was, was, a, was an okay experience. I, um, I think I got my feet wet. But, but my, I was in the program for two and a half years. And, but I, I think my second year really rooted me uh, even deeper into what I wanted to do. My first year, I um, got to do a lot of you know, um, quantitative experience, got to do you know, some, some data work. It was, it was you know, fascinating, but again, I was a program fellow. Um, and so going into it, you know, I, I knew I still wanted to honor my research aspect of things, but I didn't want to be um, entrenched in it. Um, so my first year, I was a little bit more entrenched in the research aspect of things than I, I would like. But I'm glad I did because that skill set still remains with me to this day and has become very influential in my work now. And so throughout my fellowship experience, I, I got a very, you know, diversified experience, you know, from a quantitative to, you know, qualitative experience from doing epidemiology piece of things and some program work to becoming, you know, focusing on policy work, which my second year did a lot of where I was in the CGHOD working on policy work. And, and that was fantastic because, you know, our team, um, fo- you know, focused on what CDC, CGH calls GMOM is basically like the Bible for how to operate overseas. And so our team developed a lot of that policy and worked with across the divisions to make that happen. Um, and I got to work with our, in our global conference, which I was the main lead for that. Um, and I got to work on a few very instrumental documents that really um, help us um, function overseas in the sense of how do we function, how do we um, communicate across um, CGH and, and so forth and so on. So I, my fellowship experience, I would say, was magnificent because my mentors really, Laurie De La Vero, um, I call her queen, um, and then Ted Pistorius uh, were two very important people, um, and, and Pamela Goudois uh, were three very important people in my journey um, in our CDC, and, and they've all, still to this day, are fully invested in my life and fully invested in my career. Um, so I'm very, very happy with kind of how that turned out. So great to hear that you built such strong relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. I wouldn't change it for the world. I think, you know, people, I, mentorship is one thing. I, I think, you know, somebody can say they are your mentor, but it takes you to also invest in the process. And so I'm glad I did because it's become like, Truly, um, they've they've been instrumental in my career, even to this day. So I'm, I'm very glad that it worked out beautifully. 
Oh, wonderful. Well, you kind of already touched on this, but uh, I'll just see if you want to add anything uh, about your work-related projects. So how they impacted your career development and if there's any specific project or relationship you built that you're particularly proud of. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I got to work on some very critical documents, you know, relating to our um, you know, policy and I, uh, so one, one project that I was very proud of. So our global conference, the CGH, um, by annual, it was annual meeting by annual meeting. I got to work on where I was the lead for, for CGH. And so I got to organize, you know, over, over, you know, 1300 to 1500 people, um, coming to, uh, around the world, coming to one place to host a three week um, training and uh, conference and so this is critical for CGH because this is where you know we have people from DC we had Dr. Burks at that time we had you know uh, CDC um, Dr. Redfield all those people who were involved so it was a very visible very important very critical project where most people try to avoid this project <laughs> Nobody, nobody really wants this project because it can get very political. It can be very intense. Communication is important. Organization is very important. Uh, management is important. Knowing personalities, knowing how things work within CDC. Like you are having to use all of the um, boxes um, to really make sure that this, this comes off successful for three weeks. And so, you know, when I, my, my boss kind of threw me um, in the fire, I basically looked at her crazy um, and I said, really, really? Uh, but she said, I believe you can do it. If anybody can do it, you can. And so I remember, you know, taking on this project and I had great support from Ted and, and her and, um, you know, it came out beautifully and I, even more than I expected, I think I, you know, and it was, I think one of our best conferences. And, you know, I think one thing that people, people were amazed because I wasn't looking crazy, but the, by the way, at the end of it, I was still, you know, I was still looking real sharp. You know, my hair was on point. Everything was like, I was still looking <laughs> good. Most people, from what I've heard and, and people that I, I've talked to who, who have had to lead this in the past, did not want to touch it after they were tired, exhausted, and they didn't want to touch it. I was even warned by people not, not to even take this on. Um, but you know, after the end of it, I remember coming back to the office after three weeks and, you know, a successful meeting I came back and I was, we went to, into a, a meeting with, uh, by the way, Susan Thoreau was, was also one of my mentors and she, um, they organized kind of a regular all hands meeting for our, our office, the, uh, overseas, um, office, overseas and policy office, operations and policy office, um, and I went in and they had a certificate from Dr. Martin. Um, thanking me for all my work and and I literally like almost cried because I was like what I wasn't expecting to get a reward for this project you know but because I just did it because it was my job and I and I was honored to do it and I was honored that they trusted me with this project and um, it was probably one of the most I would say it's probably the most visible project that I think one of if not one of the most visible project that a fellow can get because you get to interact with everybody uh, on, on the field. And so I was very proud of that work. And I think also lead to, led to a lot of different opportunities that came after and, and, and job offers that came after. 
Mm, yeah, that sounds like a lot of responsibility, but also a lot of reward that you got from that. So I was ready for a vacation after that. I was like, please give my vacation. Where do I go? Uh-huh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> totally understandable. Uh, well, what did you most like about being a PHICC Global Health Fellow? I mean, it sounds like you worked on some really interesting projects and built really strong relationships with your mentors. But um, yeah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think there is so much, honestly, um, to love about this, pro- you know, this process and, and PHI. But I think one thing that I, I really loved was the ability to connect globally to a global community. Um, you know, you can be in different fellowships, but there is nothing like being in this space because you are one minute you could be talking to this country next minute you could be talking to this country but also not just globally as in a turn uh, as in the sense of just the world but also globally in the sense of the kinds of people you get to interact with in your work you know when you are you know talking to the people down down your office you know they've had an array i was working with veterans people who had been in you know military now working in the government space we have people from all walks of life and i think that really strengthens a person's ability to work, not just in the global space, but to live and to breathe on the earth. And so I think for me, the ability to be to be able to do that or to be able to even be in that space was very powerful because it really shaped, I think, some of my own thinking and I think even strengthened me um, holistically uh, as a person, as a, as a citizen um, of the world. So that was very... I think was very powerful from that perspective. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah, I think with other guests we've had on the podcast, something that always comes up, especially from mentors or people who have been at CDC a long time, is how important soft skills are. Um, so, and as a social worker as well, it seems like, I mean, that you would be such an asset uh, for this work because of that too. Absolutely. I, I think I can't stress that enough. I think oftentimes, we get so gung hold on the on the quantitative pace. And I think, yes, you have to be very good at that as well. But what makes the world run is really people who know how to communicate what they know well and how to work with other people and how to be flexible and how to be kind um, and, and how to be agreeable, but also, 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 also disagree uh, with respect. And I think, and also be culturally sensitive and culturally aware and culturally in tune um, and I think, you know, um, those skills is what makes the world run at the end of the day, right? Uh, they are the people who, who are in the leadership positions. Um, and I think it's important to have all of that be centered because a lot of people sometimes come in, you know, and they have, you know, I want to I want, I want to accomplish A, B, C, D, but they don't take the time, I think, to really understand um, kind of the human piece of it. And I think you can lose out a lot by not doing that and i and i think honestly i think that was probably one of one of my most powerful um tools that landed me different opportunities as well yeah so true um well i'm curious to hear about any kind of travel or trainings you did was there any uh you know particular trip or professional development opportunity that stands out to you as a favorite um, and I'm also curious if you, you know, since you're a, a dual citizen, if you um, got to travel to Ghana at all during your fellowship. Uh, you are bringing out a, a very <laughs> sour taste in my mouth by mentioning that last thing. I get to travel to Ghana. Oh, my God. Actually, I was supposed to do that. 
I was supposed to do that this past year actually i was supposed to oh, do that no. in 2020 for my project and i covers oh, no. I'm, I'm glad i didn't get to go because i didn't get them sick and me sick um in, right. in the pandemic but um yeah i mean my god i i would say one of my favorite places um probably maybe not most people probably talk about as much as lesotho I loved being in Lesotho. It's a small country in Southern Africa um, and it's surrounded by mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and it's, the people are just marvelous. They are kind, sweet. Um, and, you know, I was there for three weeks um, and I really loved it. I think it made a, you know, significant, um, just really confirm my love for the you know, for the work, but also, you know, for the continent. And so it was just beautiful to be there, um, to have experienced and to have worked with them. And we got to travel around all of Lesotho uh, for Sims, uh, for one of our projects. And so um, I was, you know, it was truly a privilege and an, you know, and an honor to be, to have been in Lesotho and, and done the work that we did. I was, I was very proud of that. Um, and, and, and because I got to work directly with the LE staff, our locally employed staff for CDC. And really, I, I always said they are the heart of CD, you know, CGH and global work. And so we got to really work hand in hand um, on the project. And so that was fantastic. And I, if I have to say another country, um, Thailand was the bomb. I mean, hello, who doesn't like food? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, Thailand was fantastic. You know, I had gotten a chance to be there twice, actually. Um, and so I was very, very, I love, I love, obviously, the people there as well, fantastic humans. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a marvelous experience. Um, so those would be my two right now, I, in a sense of when I was with CDC um, uh, experiences. When it comes to training, now I fully, this girl was not playing. I, I fully utilized <laughs> <laughs> my my train funds well um nice. so i actually got to do quite a few so um management concept is a fantastic organization and you can take many trainings so i got to do my grants management certificate program and my, and my project management certificate program through them um so the grants was i did the federal track um and i did the pm um, certificate program the master's track so I got to get a full certificate program and it was, I think it was, um, my God, I feel like it was uh, probably like a, uh, two months course each. So I got to, so, you know, it took a while for me to, to do it, but I'm glad I did because the, those were very critical, um, tools and materials that I can say I've done and I can say I have that certificate now, my resume. Um, and then the other one that I got to do, well, I have a few more. And then the other one that I got to do was the um, um, leadership program in um, London School of Business and Finance. And I absolutely love that. Um, that was fantastic. I got to spend some time in London in this program with people who are from around the world, people from Brazil, uh, people from Nigeria, uh, people from around, people from South Korea, um, people who were interested in leadership and change. And so I got to spend um, a, a week there where we were fully ingrained in this work and in leadership work and got to really get you know, a full experience from that. So I'm very, very happy I did that. And then the other one 
that I want to mention is the Certificate in International Development and Social Change at the Middlebury Institute of International Studies at Monterey. So I got to do that with my dear friend Larissa. Um, we did that in California, in Monterey, at the Middlebury Institute. I think we were there for like three weeks. Um, and we got to be fully ingrained. I mean, we, everybody, we had students from around the country, from around the world, who were there to learn about international development work even in a deeper way. We got to, you know, present projects and, and work with other people in teams. And um, it was fantastic. So, I, look, this girl took full advantage, okay? Um, wow, and it so paid funny. off. I was. <laughs> I was not going to be... You know, not take who gets to go to school for free, okay? Somebody, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and so for me, that was magical. I, I got to learn, and I still have all of my resources and my connections to this day. I, I'm actually still on WhatsApp with people from some of those programs now, which is awesome. Wow, that's so cool. I mean, they all sound so interesting, but the London one, especially like being with people from all around the world and um, yeah, it just sounds like such a great career development opportunity. Absolutely. Go, guys. If you, can, if you get a chance to do, do that, you mm. need to do it. Well, as a fellow, when did you begin applying for other jobs? And what positions did you decide to pursue and why? I know that that is something that you know some of our fellows are currently thinking about being in their final year. Um, and you mentioned you know being possibly being interested in a PhD at some point, but you didn't go that route. So I'm curious just how you you know how the process was for you. Did you have any conversations with your mentors to kind of help guide you in your next career steps? Absolutely, I think this is a very critical question. Um, I think it's important to be number one flexible because um, you might know exactly what you want in a sense of job. I mean, I was looking into PM stuff, uh, PM positions that would allow me to work across different projects um, globally. Uh, but to be honest with you, I don't think I had a specific position down. I just wanted to be flexible, you know. And so I was looking at things from public health analyst positions, advisor positions to PM positions at private firms as well as government work. I was looking at things in the, you know, even in, in the education space. Um, and so I kind of, but I knew I wanted to do management and operations work. Um, and of course I wanted to still, you know, infuse my evaluation piece of work into it, but I wanted to focus on that. And so that kind of narrowed down a little bit what I wanted to do. But I began conversations with my mentors very early on. Um, you know, the moment I knew that we got to that point where I might have, you know, I might want to start looking for jobs. I just became honest with them about what I was looking for. If the new, if, if the new people are different organizations, their connection level. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm, I don't shy away from those conversations. I think it's important to be very bold at this point in your career and let people know what you need and, and where you want to go. And so I was fortunate. I was very fortunate, I will say. Uh, not because I think, you know, I think because I was flexible in the way I thought, but also I think I just made known, you know, what I wanted to do. So I got offered to stay. I got a FTE position to stay at CDC. Um, uh, my, you know, my, my mentors at that point, you know, Ted Pastoris and them did call me in into a meeting. You know, I didn't know what was happening, but they called me into a meeting and offered me a, a job uh, to stay at the CDC. Um, and I, people probably, to this day, people think I'm crazy, 
I, t- I turned it down. <laughs> I t- oh, wow. <laughs> People are like, what? You know, are you crazy? I turned the position down. Um, I got another offer with a partner organization, one of their consulting firms, uh, check us out. Um, I actually, at that point too, was in conversations. They connected me. My, my mentors were just, they wanted me to have the full experience. And so they, they even had me, you know, I was talking to Deloitte at that point as well. Um, they wanted me to go through their interview process and um, Chickasaw just beat them to it. And so they um, came with a job and a job offer. And to be honest with you, all of this was based on the connections I had made during my fellowship. Even though I applied for other jobs, all of this, con- I'm telling you, all these job offers were coming because of my fellowship. I was, I was, the work that I had done, the connections that I had made were just in place. And so the offers that I came with, I was interacting with the people that were, that I was interacting with during the fellowship. And so I had about, you know, if I had gone through the Deloitte, you know, at a point, at that point, I would have, you know, uh, potentially gotten a job off from, from there as well. But Chickasaw kind of just uh, beat them to it. And so I turned down my CDC position offer, took Chickasaw's offer. Um, and I, yeah, and then where I am, I've been with them. We are in our third year now. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, I think it's important to kind of help people guide you. You have to, you have to manage up. You have to help people guide you because if they don't know what you want to do, you, you might, number one, end up taking a job that you don't want to do. And that you and sometimes if you want to stay in federal government, you kind of have to take what you want to take and just stay and then, and then maneuver and, and transfer as needed. Right. But for me personally, I was, in a, I was in a place in my life where I did not want to spend another two plus years uh, or whatever in a position that I did not. I'm, I wasn't feeling like I was making a difference. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was very intentional from the beginning about what I wanted to do. And my mentors and I, when I was getting ready to accept this other offer, I sat with them and, and they talked me through it and we walked through all the different you know, pros and cons. Um, and I'm glad I, I did. Um, and uh, they were very supportive. And, and ironically, I am now working on projects with CDC in global health uh, without having to be in the federal government um, directly. Um, and mm. so that, that paid off, uh, I, I would say. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and to this day, I have gotten offers to come back um, uh, just strictly based on the connection that I made within CDC. And obviously, I'm not, I have turned those down as well, but, but you know, right. <laughs> because, I, again, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, to, to take that path for me personally. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice, I think, just really knowing what's important to you and what feels right to you because everyone is different in you know, the direction they want to take with their career. Yeah, I always tell people, know your purpose. Mm-hmm. Take time to figure out what you are called to do on this earth. It is not worth it to spend majority of your life going through job to job. And sometimes we have to. I, I have immigrant parents who took jobs because they had to. And they, they didn't have a choice and they had, we had to survive. But the, my parents always made sure that if when I got the opportunity, that I would not do the same, that I would be very intentional about what I pursued and what I did. Not, not to, you know, you know, have a resume that could be like, oh my God, you know, none of that stuff. It wasn't about prestige. It was about purpose for me. It was about intention. It was about fulfillment and making the right, right thing and, and doing the right thing in the world. And so mm-hmm. that, that's what drove my heart and drove my decisions. 
and to this day drives my decisions. So I don't take job offers just because of, of a name, prestige. I take them because I can make a difference. That's great. Wonderful advice. Um, well, it sounds like, I mean, you already kind of mentioned that you're, you know, you're building off of what you learned in your fellowship um, on your current work, um, applying what you've learned. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear a bit about that, how you've, you know, applied those skills, but, um, but also any advice you have in what the, what the best way is to stay connected to your office or CDC post-fellowship? Because it sounds like networking is a, a real strength of yours. Um, so when it comes to the skill sets, I have, I'm applying them right now. Um, you know, so one of the biggest skill set was knowing how country offices work. When I was um, in my fellowship, both first year and second year, I was I was heavily you know ingrained in the processes of country offices, and so it's interesting because one of our projects, oh, um, the overseas business system project that I work on, you know I am all I you know I am basically the implementation phase for our offices overseas, and so I you know. It, for me, it's important to have known how the offices work, who works in the offices, how things go down, how their processes work, um, the functionality of things, um, the embassy, the way embassy works um, within CDC office, because all of that has benefited. Um, you know, this is why I was recruited by you know CNI was was because of that experience was was because of my country office knowledge. Um, from at least from the experience that I had had and, and, the, and the people that I knew. And so I think, you know, now I'm having to really pull upon all of my country office experience as well as my quantitative. So we do a lot of also data calls, you know, data collection from our country offices to be able to inform um, our adoption rates, um, to be able to infl- inform our implementation for HQ leadership. So they access, so right now I'm working on an impact, impact report um, for our, our CGHOD leadership. And so with that, you know, I have to do a lot of analysis around the data that we have. Um, and so that is still in place. So yes, do never let any of those skill set kind of just lay aside, you know, if you can, if you can still sharpen your analysis skill, do it. Um, if you can sharpen your Excel skill, you know, believe me, Excel, Excel is a powerful tool, and you need to know how to use it. Um, and thank God, I also have colleagues who have different skill sets in this area because we work together um, to, you know, to make sure that happens. And I think it's important to know how to do collaboration work um, because I work with a very um, diverse group of people generationally. Um, skill set wise, um, racially. Um, and so we are bringing a lot of different factors into the space. And so, um, yeah, quantitative wise, I'm using it, um, you know, from the interpersonal skill sets, I'm having to use it from my global health country office experience and, and dynamics in the office. I'm having to use that um, as well as my connections um, because our adoption rate for the overseas business system you know, when I came on board, we had three countries, three countries, three or four countries or so using the overseas business system. The CDC was employing our, our um, company to develop for, for overseas management. And when I came on board, we had about three. Now we have about 21 countries in a matter oh, wow. of two years. Yes. We, you know, part of it was because, it, I, you know, strongly it was a teamwork, team effort. 
Uh, but part of it also, I, I believe, was strongly because I knew um, how things worked and I knew the people in the offices. So I was able to engage with our country office deputies uh, fluidly. I was able to um, you know, create plans that would meet their needs instead of just what we wanted to see happen. And so um, I think you know, it, it's paying off. And now we are in a place where the project is going to be where the system is now is going to be now instituted. Dr. Martin and all of them now want to institute the system across the country office. Now it's going to be like a, you know, uh, we don't like to use the word mandate. <laughs> it's going to be softly um, encouraged for all the country offices to now come on board um, to use mm. that system. Yeah. So. Oh, interesting. It, it's because we did the legwork, and 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 now we are in a place where they they believe it's 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 ready um, for for it to be um, deployed across the board and as well as HQ. So I'm very, yeah. Okay. So, so the skill sets, you know, don't let your skills kind of take a, take a bed rest and um, kind of, you know, please keep in touch with your mentors. You know, my mentors and I text, believe it or not, we text um, to this day. Some, I even go to their house sometimes, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll say, hey, you know, uh, can we grab lunch? Um, you know, I need to catch up. I, I need some advice. Hey, you know, I just had another catch up with one of my mentors this Friday. You know, and I say, hey, I'm, 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 you know, I'm thinking about my career again, kind of in a different, you know, in different. I want to get his perspective on things. And so we, you know, he spared me an hour, you know, and we talked and we caught up and things. And so I'm just very intentional about this is just not about my mentorship and period, just about me. With my friends in my life, people in my life, my family, I'm just very intentional about truly having the authentic human experience. And so, you know, yes, I'm busy. Yes, life is busy. Yes, there's a lot of stress and all this stuff. But you know what? Without those authentic connections and relations, really, I think we can miss a lot on life. And so mm -hmm. I'm just very, very, very intentional about that, just period. And so don't call people because you want something. Don't call them and text them because you need something. Check on them. Your mentors are also humans. They are people. And so check on them. Just check in. Hey, how are you doing? You know, um, how, you know. I just wanted to check in on you. You know, what's going on? How is the family? You know, I've gone to their house for Thanksgiving sometimes myself. And so, you know, I've invited over for, for dinner sometimes in, in their homes, you know, just because I'm like, one of their kids now <laughs> you know, it's like oh, wow. <laughs> grace is gonna check in whether you like it or not she's gonna be kind of in your face and don't be the annoying pest of course but you know they're now used to me you know they know i'm gonna call them randomly like i know their kids their kids even know who i am now it's, it's kind of and that might not be your personality but what i'm saying is it's important to just just be human about the process checking on them as, as as regular people as well and i think they will appreciate that Mm, yeah, great advice. Just building authentic relationships. Uh, well, switching gears a little bit. I mean, I thank you for sharing what you're currently working on and so interesting to hear about. Um, with the pandemic, we haven't talked much about that, but I'm just curious how COVID-19 has impacted your your work and also your future career goals, if it's you know um, changed your priorities in any way. Pandemic. Um, <laughs> you know, when you went yeah. grad school, you know, you study pandemics and, and you study, you know, we are used to epidemics, you know, it happens. Uh, but nobody, I, even Dr. Fauci said this, nobody prepares for pandemic, right? You, you know, you know, it might happen someday, 
Um, but nobody ever thinks that might even happen in their lifetime, but it did. Um, and so, yes, it did impact things. Um, so our, so a lot of a lot of my also my work requires a lot of engagement with these offices, um, a lot of presentations, trainings, talking, and so. Um, you know, country offices were on lockdown. You know, um, you couldn't be in, in, you know, in the country office. You couldn't be in the embassy. The embassies were on lockdown. Um, travel, so it affected not just our um, adoption um, usage numbers. It, it was affecting um, our ability to fully engage with people because people were number one were facing pandemics in their own countries. They were facing um, their own stresses and whatever. Uh, but, you know, you have to, again, flexible. You have to recognize that people are going through a lot and you can't be forceful. You can't be whatever. Um, so I have to switch my strategies about how I reached out to the country offices and how we connected because I recognize that people still were, people were really hungering. They, were, they really desired to connect. People wanted to connect with each other across the country offices, but they, they were not able to obviously with the pandemic. So what I did, it was that I was able to create the spaces for our trainings, for our presentations. And I would, I would, I created them. I used to have them in sections and regions and specific countries, but I made them kind of global to our whole office so that people could actually come on and still get training, all of that stuff. But what they would do is they would stay on the calls after the zoom calls and talk to each other. Um, and they would stay on the calls and have whole conversations and, you know, and catch ups and whatever. So you have to adjust. I have to be flexible. Um, and to this day, we are still being flexible with how we talk to countries and, um, and understand that, that they are going through a lot as well. Um, not just in their office, but in their individual homes. And so, yes, significantly in terms of career wise. Oh, Whitney, I'm always thinking, I, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a thinker. So, you know, I'm, of course, I'm always thinking about my career and, and, and kind of um, where, you know, um, I've, I always ask myself, I ha- have I done what I was supposed to do in the current place that I'm at? You know, did I do what I was, I was supposed to do? Um, you know, am I proud of the work? Would other people say they are proud of the work we've done together? Um, and, you know, I'm still going through those questions right now with myself, with my mentors, and asking myself, have I done what I was supposed to do? And if the answer ends up being yes, then it will be, you know, then we'll figure out what's the next steps. If the answer is still, okay, we have some room to still do some other stuff, then we will remain. Um, but right now, yeah, I'm, I'm just, for future-wise, I'm just answering those questions right now to see, you know, mm-hmm. what the answer will be. Great. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing. I, do you have any you know, other snippets of advice you'd like to share with current or incoming fellows, just also with that kind of added piece of the pandemic? I mean, I think what you're saying about um, you know, adapting and finding other ways to build relationships is really important. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard, right? I think it's hard right now. I think mentally people are going through a lot, physically. I've had you know different challenges myself health-wise and different things and so I understand as, as, as not just as fellows but as people period uh, you know there's a lot happening and I think the most important advice that I, I would give 
the fellows right now as you are kind of thinking through your job and and, and you guys are, are even in, a, in some sense in, in a good position because we have a new administration in the sense that jobs are now opening back up in the federal government there are positions opening up significantly actually according to some of my mentors um things are opening up significantly there are with the pandemic money um they need public health advisors they need them in the, in, in you know in a, the vaccine process and so forth and so on so be encouraged to know that there are jobs you know uh, being developed and and being created uh, because of where we are and and so you will have opportunities um that will come after you and that you will you will have the opportunity to go after but you know from that perspective i think be you know have those conversations i think reach out to those people that you know you can connect with um and ask them about what they know who they know um and have those conversations but i i would say you know get on usa you know usa jobs you know there are things that are being put on there right now um apply for jobs there but also look at the nonprofit worlds you know chamanics for example you have um oh my god as a fhi um you have them you have so many people right now who are receiving some of this money to do a difference um look at the consulting firms look at um the deloits and um you know all of those individuals you know and and be flexible um to also apply there because they are always also always looking for people as well but from a from a human perspective i think it's important to take some time to um ask yourself if how you were doing in this time um you know because sometimes in our our need sometimes we don't have a choice we have to take jobs because we need them and we need to be able to provide and we need to be able to live and i get that but i also want you guys to just take the time to do the the important internal work um because this time is a very difficult time for our nation for the world but i think if we are not taking care of ourselves mentally we are not we are not you know please again i, I said this all, all the time please please if you need to go get therapy do it um you know right now a lot of insurance companies are being flexible with that and you know um and so i i'm saying this is holistic you know i'm saying be encouraged because jobs are opening up because of the pandemic um finance and and the money that's coming from congress and the new administration Biden is oh, he is actually not he's actually not um normally when a new administration comes on board um there's a job freeze moment that's not happening here they are not freezing jobs oh. yes yeah. they are not freezing jobs so this is good, good this is this yeah. is good news <laughs> for all of you guys there is not right. a job freeze within CDC um or anywhere else so they will be looking for people and so begin to have those conversations now because you'll be surprised um about what's coming um, down the pipe. Right. Yeah, and I mean I think what you mentioned about mental health, I mean mental health can have a real impact now obviously with the pandemic, but just in general searching for a job, it can it can impact people mentally and how they feel about themselves and all of that. So and to be honest with you, this is not a time, you know, don't blame yourself. Don't think you don't have the skill set. Oh, honey, I mean, you you've been called to do this. You've been created for this. You've been created for this moment. And that everything is going to be just fine. You know, life is a process. You cannot, you know, be stuck in what you don't have in this moment. Just know that you are not forgotten. 
in the process and that this is just taking some time. It's, it's an unconventional time for all of us, but I think it's going to require unconventional method and unconventional way of thinking. And so in that, I don't want you to blame yourself or to take the blame upon yourself to say, okay, I don't have the skill set. Maybe I don't have, I need to do more of this. Just be patient with the process. Be patient with yourself. Uh, be patient with the people around you. Uh, and, and truly, you know, um, reach out to your mentors. They know people. Um, and they know, you know, ways around, um, you know, the job field and the job market. And they'll be, believe me, they'll be more than willing to help you in any way they can. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Grace. I mean, you shared so much today. If people want to learn more about your work or, you know, get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? Um, I am on. <laughs> I, I am on LinkedIn, of course. You can find me there. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at you know Grace Adolfoli. You can find me there. Also, you can catch me on my podcast as well. We have a new podcast coming out called Grace with Questions, and you can catch me on there. It should be releasing on February fifteenth. Um, you can catch me there as well. But also, just you know, Whitney knows how to contact me via email. You can, con- you can always feel free to email me um, if you want to reach out as well. And uh, I'll be open to chatting with people and just talking to them as well. I love to do that. So, yeah. Great. Wonderful. And is your new podcast, is it, um, where would they find that? Is it on like Spotify or iTunes or? On, it will be on all of your favorite <laughs> Um, podcast platforms so it's, it's going to be on apple um apple podcast is going to be on google podcast spotify um anchor the whole night no whole nine years it's going to be on all of them so february 15th is when we released our first episode um on graced with questions and so yeah i'm really excited about that as well it's going to be co-hosted by me and my friend josh chang and so yeah it's going to be a fun time Awesome. Well, I'm excited to check that out. And um, yeah, fun interviewing someone who who has their own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Whitney. You are absolutely fabulous. Can I say, can we give a cheers and a toast to Whitney? She's absolutely fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much, Grace. It was, yeah, so wonderful talking to you today and hearing about all your experience. I just really appreciate you sharing so much and so much wonderful advice for people, especially given, you know, our unique situation blessings and love to all of you guys and uh, I hope the best for all of you guys cheers guys thank you to our guest Grace Adofoli and all of you for tuning into the PHI CDC Global Health Podcast this podcast is a project of the PHI CDC Global Health Fellowship Program which is implemented by the Public Health Institute and its partner consortium of universities for global health for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Please join us next time as we share more fellowship stories. To learn more about our program and see how we are making meaningful contributions to today's global health challenges, visit our website at phi-cdcfellows.org. If you enjoy the podcast, you can always subscribe or rate us and leave a review. We love to see those and it helps other listeners find the podcast. For questions, please email us at info at phi-cdcfellows.org. This podcast is produced by Whitney Hall. Thank you to Mike Sage, Christine Caraballo, Jasdeep Dulay, Natasha Alcas, Rora Michael, Christine Jolly, CDC Center for Global Health, PHI, and CUGH.